0: Welcome to Podcast 5.2, Chapter 5, Section 2, and this is where it starts to get interesting because this chapter is all about ionic bonding. So imagine, if you will, you had these things that had positive charges, and then you had these things that had negative charges. Well, what do we know about opposites? Okay? They attract, right? and therefore these two would come together in this thing and had a positive and negative charge think about a magnet here we've got a good old bar magnet with a north pole and a south pole and if I put that up to a magnet that has a north pole and a south pole if I bring this end to that end they are attracted to each other if I bring that end to that end they repel each other and so that's kind of the basis of ionic bonding is this oppositely attracting uh... thing let's see so as i just said they are attracted to each other by their opposite charges we just spent a little time looking over cations and anions so when you bring a cation into an anion Uh, They are attracted to each other. And the cool thing about it is if we have these, let's say we've got these negative charges and these positive charges. Let's see. Positive and negative. They will bond to each other in a three-dimensional thing called a crystal and so if you think about the kind of ion that sodium forms sodium always forms a plus ion, chlorine always forms a minus ion, alright, they are attracted to each other to make sodium chloride, otherwise known as table salt. And so there's a really nice picture of a salt crystal, don't know if you've ever seen one but uh, that's a very very nice crystal there um, of table salt. And this crystal over here now, we haven't really gone over formulas right here. Potassium, dihydrogen, phosphate. But just understand that this giant crystal here was made by the combining of positive ions and negative ions. And I've got a few crystals I'll show you in class uh, so you can see these on a, a more personal scale. So let's talk about this. Oops, I guess I just did talk about this. right? Okay? so those guys come together in a crystal All right. and then uh... last but not least oops not with that one when you put these get together um, they make what's called a salt now you guys know that uh... NACL is table salt and when we say salt that's what we always think of but really uh for chemists and I've mentioned this in a podcast before. Uh the salt is a generic term for any ionic compound. So any time you put a positive ion, let's say I have a plus two, right? And I put that with a negative two and we keep building these around and we we make it so that when it's all said and done we have a very big crystal structure like that or like that we call that a salt so any ionic compound is when you have a positive ion and a negative ion alright so now let's just kinda look at how this works now the first first thing that I want you to understand, we're gonna spend a little time doing this in class um, is that energy is involved so imagine if you will we had a sodium ion if you look on the periodic table you know that sodium has eleven electrons there's two there in the first energy level eight in the second and then it's got this this s electron just sitting there in the the, uh... 3s orbital here's chlorine two there's some eight and it has a total of seventeen electrons well remember the driving force is to have that octet of electrons so what happens is that through a process that we will spend some time on in class? This electron goes over here, and then basically it's like this uh, orbital just goes away. Right now, look at what we have here. Sodium has eight electrons in its valence shell. It's extremely stable, extremely happy. And then look at chlorine. Chlorine has two, four, six, eight. Chlorine also has um, an octet. So if we were to think about what's going on here, we've got this sodium with a positive charge and this chlorine with a negative and they are attracted to each other, right? And then that makes table salt. So that's really what's going on in ionic bonding. The process of electrons being lost and gained, we will spend a little bit of time doing that in class with an activity. Um, But it it is an important process without a doubt. All right, let's move on. So, the one thing about ionic compounds, and you're going to see a lot of formulas, I'm just going to write a couple up here. Let me write uh, N-A-B-R, how about K-2-S-A-L-C-L-3. Uh, k uh, K2S, um, A-L-C-L-3. All right, the ratio of anions and cations is such that the overall charge is zero. and what I mean by that is that if I put if I have this ion, let's just say it has a positive charge, and I have this negative ion, but it's got a minus two charge, right? If I were to put those two together, okay, would that equal zero? it wouldn't equal zero, right? What do we need? well hopefully you're saying we need another one absolutely so now look at this now is that a neutral compound sure it is cuz and this is where our algebra really comes into play right two plus a negative two equals zero so we've got to have compounds that equal zero what's the charge always on a sodium it's a positive what's the charge always on a bromine negative right so that's a that's a neutral compound what about this sulfur look on your periodic table What's always its charge? A negative 2. Potassium is plus 1, right? But look, we have 2 right there. So that means we've got plus 2 and negative. What about aluminum? What's aluminum's charge always? Plus 3. Chlorine is always minus 1, but look at this. We have 3 of them, right? So right there we have 3 plus minus 3 equals 0. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. Now what would you do? If I asked you this is this is about as tricky as it gets. What would you do if I asked you to put together something that had a -2 and something that had a +3. Okay? How would you put that together? All right. Pause that for a second and just see what we you would do. All right, let me show you what was going on. You, the way you think about this is, what's the least common multiple of two and three? And hopefully you would go, well, six. Well, what does that mean? That means I need two of those, right? Oops, I didn't want that. I wanted that. Uh-oh. Well, let me. I'm gonna have to write it out. <laughs> Thought I was gonna be clever here. So I've got plus three, and I've got another plus three. Okay, and then I've got my minus two. How many of my how many minus twos am I gonna need? To get a total of uh, plus six or minus six, I'm going to need three, right? So there's one there, there's one there, and we'll just put this other one over here. We're just starting to build a crystal. So hopefully you can see that that is a neutral compound. We've got um, two times three plus three times minus two, and that equals zero, right? and that's really about as challenging as it would get right there Okay. now the other thing i want to talk about as far as ionic compounds and i know i'm going fast but that's okay because we'll spend some time in class is some of their properties and i have a few demos i'll show you in class about this but here's some properties that uh... ionic compounds have All right? they're very strong and this is due to the attractive forces of uh... these two compounds and what what we mean by that is if you think about this this minus two and this minus three, or let's let's just make two that are a little a little easier to understand. Here's a minus one, and here's another uh, atom or ion. I'm sorry, this plus one. Okay, and they're together there, right? Well, these attractive forces that that are keeping these two. Oops. Oh man, sorry about this. I hate when I that happens. Let me try one more time. Plus. Plus one, minus one. All right, there we go. So when we have those together, they're they're attached pretty strongly, and so it makes it really hard. So for example, um, regular table salt. Okay, you can't melt it. At least at home, you could definitely melt it if you had a Bunsen burner. But what about something like sugar? All right, Sugar does not have these ionic bonds, so it melts quite readily. Another thing about ionic compounds, and this is kind of what I'm talking about, they have a high melting and boiling point. and again, it's due to this attractiveness. Ionic compounds conduct electric current when melted or dissolved in water right and that is a demo I'm definitely gonna show you in class if you put them in water or you put them or you dissolve them it can conduct and I'm gonna attempt to draw here but let's imagine we have a cup of water here's my cup here's my blue water if I dump in NACL when it's a solid and I put it in there, really what happens is I get some of this, some of this. I get some Na pluses floating around and Cl minuses floating around. Okay, that conducts. Okay, that actually conducts. Boy, I just horrible word on that. Let me try that. Okay, that conducts. And it does that because those ions can start floating around. But when that crystal is locked in like this, let's say it's a crystal that looks something like this, okay? When it's locked in like that, that will not conduct. Okay, so you've got to dissolve them, or you've got to uh, melt them in order to get them to conduct, and I'll show you that in class. And then last but not least, ionic compounds are hard and brittle, right? Um, A salt crystal, you can easily break and I'll show you again I've got a couple models that will show you that this crystal if you were to drop it on the ground unfortunately we shattered a lot of little pieces and the reason it does that is because all those positive and negatives if I if I bump this row just a little bit down let's say for example oops, <coughs> Excuse me. let's say for example I could bump it just a little bit down well, now this blue is next to that blue and that red is next to that red. And now you've got, instead of opposite tra- uh, charges next to each other, you've got uh, the same charge. And so it kind of helps it blow apart. So those are the properties of ionic compounds. All right. So with ionic compounds, I've got some fairly cool demos to show you about how this stuff works. These are the properties that are important that you understand. They're very strong bonds. The strong bonds give them a high melting and high boiling point. Uh, they're really good conductors when you melt them or dissolve them in water, but not when they're solid. Maybe I should write that. Not while solid. Okay. And then they're hard and they're brittle. I mean, a, a salt crystal—if you had that big one—it's—it it's, feels hard, but it's pretty easy to shatter. All right. So questions we'll answer tomorrow. I hope this was a good one for you. Uh, see you later.